0: I believe the conversations on this podcast will help us to expand our perspective. This is soul food. Let's dive right in. I believe that smelling good is important, it definitely affects our behavior and the surrounding. I've used their products before and it smells amazing. And I'm excited that this episode is sponsored by our dear friends over at Analog Apotic. They make solid colognes that are pocket-sized and it's easy to apply and you will smell good instantly. So no more worrying about those date nights. Important occasion and also a good gift for anyone. You have recently ventured into scented candles and I think it's the easiest way to change your environment. You can view their products at www.analogapodic.com or visit their Instagram at analogapodic. Man, oh man, I am super excited. It's been a long while. I guess it took me some time, but here we are today. I've got a good buddy of mine who is a rock star, pop punk star, barber... And right now, making beer ads that are cool, uh, but all around a nice guy. And I'm just so excited to have him on the show. Kevin Cotitan. What's up, my man?
1: What's up, man? Follow all the way to Alostar, the land of uh, curry fish head, the best curry fish head. Ever.
0: Right, right. Come on, man. If you guys are ever in Alostar, best curry fish head.
1: What was the name of the place at the restaurant? Hey,
0: number eight curry
1: fish head. Number eight. I, Fun, I
0: funny story guys Because I just got a random text One day From Kevin He's like Hey man I'm coming to Alostar I'm like Dude what are you doing here And then he just Hopped on a train And I found out that he was uh, Sending some of his products To Thailand And we had like a yeah, Good time yeah. together man How are you bro How's everything
1: Okay not too bad man uh, MCO 2.0 is uh, Weirder time Than the first MCO Right. It's like, I think first MCO, everyone's kind of trying to adapt and like fight it, right? Mm-hmm. But this MCO is like banned and the second round and you're like, oh, how do I even feel about this? Right. And it's like kind of like on a limbo, I guess, but like,
0: double uh-huh. it's just
1: you get to spend time with family. Uh, but at the same time, just uh, trying to get my body clock right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sleeping during the day awake at night right yeah yeah
0: yeah, I think it takes a lot of effort to like really build those habits in to like wake up you know and to do something. Oh. I mean there's nothing wrong. I guess some people who who prefer to work at night and I think if let's say that works for them and they're getting work done, yeah, and they are living a healthy lifestyle. I think I think that's okay to a certain extent for me, I guess, you know. Mm. But it's those that man like they just waste their MCO. And the reason I'm saying that because you also bless our ears with a couple of tracks on Spotify, man. So congratulations on that, bro. You then the first MCO you bless us with like some good stuff. So check out Kevin Cotty stuff on Spotify. Actually, how did they find you, like Kevin Tan or Kevin Cotty Tan?
1: Uh it's just Cotty. C-O-T-T-I-E.
0: Okay, funny story, right? I've been calling you Koti for the longest time. But I don't know why is it Koti, bro. So today, you've got to educate all of us. Why Koti, man?
1: Man, it's the story I hate telling the most. <laughs> I, okay, there's not much of a story anyway. Like, um, so I, I never had a nickname until I joined um my, the first band. that was like, the, like a real thing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. An honest mistake. You yeah. made me, you, 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 <laughs> made me tell, like, you made me tell this story. Oh, right, man. So, so the, the, the drummer's name is Kevin. And so right. obviously, obviously when you say, Kev, you call Kevin, both of us are going to answer. So it's like, you're the second guy here. You're getting a nickname. So I was like, okay, the only nickname I've ever gotten was Scotty. Mm-hmm. Uh, stands for Cotton Candy. This stupid. Um, wow! This dumb dumb nickname my friend in college gave me. Uh, <laughs> so me. so ever since then, if anyone calls me Koti uh-huh. you know that um, they knew me from like the music scene back then.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But well, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, to our listeners on Soul Food, you can check out Kevin's stuff. It's called Koti C O T T I E. He's got two tracks right now, Get You There and Stewards. I kind of like Stewards. It's an indie vibe to it. So thanks again, man. But today, um, this episode, I want to get into your life, dude. Like, I've known you for a long time. I think like almost 10 years, man. It's been so long. And it's so good to see how you have evolved. Uh, You have matured in your music and all. But you're one of the guys that kind of followed your dreams, went with it, and you really just push through it so um on soul food we have got this running theme called follow your dreams question mark where i want to get to i want to get down to business like find out like what it takes to really follow your dreams because to say it hey come on man let's follow your dreams like hey bro everybody can say it lah. but to actually do it like it requires a lot of work and so when i knew you like right after college during that time Kevin with this long hair all the way to his shoulders with shaved sides. Man, that was that emo days, bro. And you started in journalism first. And I remember during that period, it was exciting, but you came to a point where you wanted a change in your life. Maybe you could walk us through that journey a little bit from that journalism part to coming out of it and becoming a barber today.
1: Yeah, so I I studied um media studies um i knew like i didn't want to be, do anything related to media because i hated my studies mm-hmm. um I, I i mean i i i guess i wanted to try so once i graduated the sort of only thing i was interested in was writing and the closest thing to writing was journalism right so i applied i applied with uh, i worked with the Star for a while um So I was there for two years. Um, So when you do journalism, you're you're basically doing news reporting, telling people stories. Um, First year was, I think I did pretty good. Like my bosses were happy, editors were happy. But I think when I hit the second year, um, I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do because every time I um, would interview someone, like mm-hmm. how you we're having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of feature stories. So a lot of creatives, um, a lot of a lot of origin stories. Um, every time I sit down with someone, uh, and they tell me what they're doing and their origin story, I'm like, I wish I was on your side. I wish I was able to tell a story of me creating something. Mm-hmm. So I was not very interested in. I guess I wasn't a very curious person. Like, um, a journalism who's passionate would, would be like, I want to find out stories no one has ever heard before and tell everyone about it. Mm. But I'd be like, okay, you do your thing. <laughs> it's fine. I kind of want to do my own thing, you know? Right. Um, um, so the longer I, I did the job, um, the, the longer it became like a dread for me to go to work. Uh, I wasn't wasn't interested in stories. uh, Or at least like majority of the stories I was writing. Um, Or more like the more stories I wrote, the more I wanted to be on the other side. Mm. Yeah. So eventually um, I I left the job and then, yeah.
0: So would you say that it was through this process that you begin to discover that, man, I actually want to be on the other side. Like those guys are actually kinda of doing something. Like, was that the thing?
1: I think it was more about identifying what I didn't want to do, which was Right. Uh, definitely not not news reporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, I i didn't even know I was uh I mean, even at that point when I was doing journalism, I was already making uh pomade from home. Yes. Yeah, but without the idea that it was gonna be a thing like you know
0: Dude, like the moment you mentioned that, right? I think I was one of the first guys. To yeah,
1: guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were, you lemon, were. Uh, lemon flavored. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like that, the smell, the lemon, you know where it came from or not? Where? It came from Hinode shop. Have you heard of Hinode shop? Oh dude, Hinode shop, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The five the five ringgit shop. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so when you enter Hinode shop, uh-huh. you will see all these essential oils right that's like, like apple flavor yeah yeah
0: the cheaper ones fruit, fruit, fruit.
1: yeah it's like i don't even know what they're made of they're probably made <laughs> of like some <laughs> oh, yeah synthetically gosh. it's probably like <laughs> yeah so um i remember the one i gave you was probably like apple apple flavored
0: i i just remembered like i mean i was trying to be nice it, it was good like uh because yeah. you told me it was natural oh, and i was yeah. using like the heavier pomets back in the day and you're like bro this is natural and try it the, the first time you opened it I was like oh my gosh it smells like the toilet that spray smell
1: oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it smells like the yellow thing when you, palm, oh. when you pee into the thing like there's <laughs> a yellow thing that smells like lemon oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I use lemon for it. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but man, I mean today, Montega, uh, one of Kevin's brand, uh, to our listeners is really a sort of the brand. You know, I I'm using Lagoon right now, and bro, I, I love it, man. I really love it, and uh, I was just introducing it to some of my friends here. They they enjoy it as well. So we are actually waiting for the product to come over to Alostar, man.
1: Nice. Yeah, that could be a good idea. Yeah. So,
0: all right, you were doing pomades back at home and then you left your job. Now, during that period, was barbering the thing in your mind when you left or kind of discovered along the way?
1: No, I was, um, so I worked with uh, a friend's shop, a friend's music shop, uh, selling guitars and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And throughout that whole time I was making pomade, just so for fun you know, or making for friends, you know, like yourself. And then what happened was Lex Lowe, my, my mentor, whom you have on the podcast, right? Yeah. You did an episode with him. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to open a barber shop, but merging it with this music shop that I was working at. Mm-hmm. Um so eventually, this space that I was working at, which is a music shop half of it sort of became a barbershop right and i I knew working in a music shop was really just a transition Mm because i I was just like you know um working there to you know see what i was going to do next so when he came on board lex was like hey since you're making pomade and you know i'm looking for people would you be interested to you know cut hair while you have you know free time and and so it started there. Yeah, I started there. Nice. Um, so I was like, you know, like pomade. So pomade is like a really old thing. It's all the way like 1920s, 1930s, you know, mm-hmm. you got pomades. And barbering also sort of came from from that place, right? So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, it's a good skill. I'll, I'll just learn it. So yeah, Lex sort of took me in as a tow like a, an apprentice. Um, yeah. Then that was when I learned how to cut hair. So this was even before the, he he had the academy and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you um, were like the OG, man, right from the beginning. I remember <laughs> the shop was in USJ and I think we had like a little soft launch as well, right? Lex had a soft launch.
1: Oh, you were emceeing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it's yeah. come back to me, man. Like, right.
1: Yeah, and so it was myself and his brother that, that he thought at first. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lex yeah. is an amazing guy, man. I think this has been his value from like day one you know, to train people and not just keep that talent or gift by himself. He just wants to ensure that people around him are also growing from where they are. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Yeah, one one of the best best teachers. Yeah, one of the best teachers I know.
0: Right. So Mm. would you say that barbering right now is your dream? Like you enjoy it?
1: Oh man, I I, I think it's uh, worth mentioning that I hated it when I was learning it. Wow, that's interesting. Because it was, it was very difficult for me. Like, I felt like um, I took a longer time to learn than mm-hmm. my peers. Mm-hmm. So everyone everyone else would get it faster than me. It's like I hit puberty lambat like that. <laughs> and then you know, everyone tall, I'm, I'm still a bit short like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and um, so it, it would take me, a. I think it was only after a year, that mm-hmm. I sort of knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I think I finally actually enjoy it. But I was glad I actually hit like a hand for that one whole year, like mm-hmm. I endured for that one whole year. And then nice. only when I kind of gave myself the time to, or uh, that patience to think I want to decide whether this is for me or not. So when I passed that like threshold, mm-hmm. then I realized okay, I think I know what I'm doing. And then it's just like, there's this sudden switch where I just completely fell out of love with barbering. Because although I enjoyed the idea or the art of barbering, if you may Mm -hmm. call it that way, I didn't enjoy the learning process because it felt a lot like, you know, it's like Kung Fu Master. Mm -hmm. They they teach an apprentice and then get him to like, I don't know, squat for like, one year before he (laughs) learns how to throw a punch you know like or he has to wash the toilet or clean the floor (laughs) when you're saying
0: that right i'm thinking of like brian's tattoo you know the one with the jackie chan yeah
1: jackie chan yeah exactly jackie chan like the the his his mentor would never teach him like proper kung fu until he had learned the discipline
0: yeah of kung
1: fu right so Mm -hmm. i felt like i was going through that because learning how to cut hair and like my apprentice is Naeem is with me here right now, he would totally understand how that feels. Because I'm doing that to him right now. Yeah. Uh so I've like just sectioning your hair, like there's thousands of like hair on a person's head and just learning how to section the head requires a lot of boring uh, practice time. Mm. And and that boring practice time while you're doing it w- like was just never enjoyable for me. Right. Until like until like it became muscle memory, it became second nature. Then mm-hmm. I could focus on like, okay, what do I want to do with this haircut? Then I yeah. realized, hey, this is the kind of stuff, the haircuts that happen in barbering, mm-hmm. uh, like the art of barbering, or all that kind of stuff, the old school stuff like the nineteen twenties to the, up to nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, sixties kind of haircuts.
0: That
1: mm-hmm. um, was like, okay, this is what I want to do.
0: Right. Yeah. I- I, I'm just really inspired by this story of you sharing. Man, discipline at the end of the day is like number one, man. Like we could just plan all. We, I mean, now if anyone would just to see you on IG, like wow, um, Kevin Kotti, the barber. You know, he's so cool. You know, he really gives good haircut and stuff like that. But thanks for sharing about this because I think this is so important. Your your Jiki Chan moment, you know your. You know, making sure the joystick is under your bum, you cannot move, you know. Yeah, yeah. Making sure that you understand the layers and everything. Because I remember a story where Brian was really brave. He offered his head as a sacrifice to you, bro. You remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I, I, I I cut his I cut his skull. Yeah, <laughs> he, man. <laughs> he actually <laughs> black <bled. laughs> I was I was shaving his head when I, I think I ran the blade a bit too fast. Oh. Yeah, she went just uh, loud, ouch. She just went like, ah! Oh! And it's just like, <laughs> just like one hit.
0: Oh man. But well, shout out to Brian for believing in your dreams, man, and yeah. sacrificing. Thanks, But, man. but yeah, to, to hear this story, and then yeah, I think discipline is such a vital component, you know, needed in anything. So you were, you were with Lex, you were journeying with him. Now it's the real business you are leaving your Sifu. You're going to step into the unknown. Tell us about that process, man, because now you are into the zone of building your dream, following your dream, and you're going to see that, okay, let's get this going. So how was it like?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it it never felt like, oh, like I'm going to pursue my dream right now. It was more like, right. Yeah, it, it wasn't that type of excitement. It was more like, no one can bite the bullet for me anymore. Because if I ever mess up in the barbershop shop, let's say do a bad haircut or like worst case scenario, like cut off someone's ear, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I know that Lex, my mentor at the time, was gonna like back me up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? But the feeling of um, leaving um, others, which is, you know, the shop I was in, uh Lex, Lex shop to opening mm-hmm. my own was more like there's a huge sense of taking up uh, a big responsibility that mm-hmm. anything that happens, good or bad, is it's it's my responsibility. Right. Everything is gonna be on me. So like you know what they say, uh be your own boss, uh, be an entrepreneur, start a business, it's fun, hey, they say. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. Um It's a double-edged sword. You get to control what you want to do in terms of the technicalities, the mechanics, the concept of your shop, uh, what you want to do with your business, the business model. But whatever that comes out of those things, whether good or bad, your business flops or becomes a success. Um, The operations, the man hours, it's all going to be on you. Mm. Yep. Even if you're not doing the work, even if it's uh, delegated to someone else, uh, whether that works out or not, it's on you because it's under your, your jagala. Yeah, you're taking care of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a huge sense of like you got no longer got like a bubble of protection. Yeah. So there's a so I think I think I the only time I stopped waking up late for work or like give stupid excuses or calling uh, call sick because I oh, I don't feel like I'm working today then I, I think I feel a bit sick then you you cycle yourself until you think you really suck it then you become sick right? <laughs> like I automatically grew uh, like if Lex says this I'm sorry like there were probably one or two days I did that but like um, I automatically grew up the moment I had my own job mm mm-hmm. Hmm. So like the sense of responsibility, sense of responsibility sort of, uh, helped me grow uh, in that sense. Mm.
0: I think as you're talking about this, I think for anyone to follow their dream or to imagine a a future of what they want to do, I think they really have to prepare about being responsible because if you're just in it to, yay, it's fun, yeah, it's gonna be really awesome. Be an entrepreneur. And you know, like you just mentioned, I think I've heard so many people say that, like, you know, come on, let's do it. Like, especially this whole lockdown as well. You know, mm-hmm. we are being encouraged by social media or friends, like, hey, come on, I like, get into business, you know, do something. And if you're not careful, you get up into the hype of it. Like, yeah, I think I can do it, I can do it. But if you don't own up to the responsibility, and thanks for sharing, sharing something so intimate i guess (laughs) you know to i mean all of us i guess as human beings i've done it before where i try to cycle myself like i think i'm sick lah (laughs) yeah (laughs) right until someone you have met or you know in an organization where it really shapes you to like hey come on man you gotta buck up because now especially you're on your own you know today as um i'm having my own church as well like I totally get you, man. Like, you are right now the anchor of responsibility. You know, people are looking up to you and to what you're doing, and you are setting the tone right now. So, I think preparation for responsibility, more than just learning about it, because to say learn to be responsible, yeah, it's an easy thing to say, la. But to prepare yourself to be responsible, man, that is something else.
1: Yeah, I think whether or not you're your own boss or you're working with someone, I think responsibility is, is when the focus is no longer on uh oh I gotta go to work because um I gotta help this company or grow this company. It's a lot about the self-excellence. Mm. So whether you're you know working at McDonald's or you're doing something that may seem really simple, or you're doing something, you know that may seem complicated. It's a lot about yourself rather than others. Mm-hmm. So if if I were to make, like work with a shop owned by someone else, I I would never go back to how I was because I now understand what it means to be responsible, and it's being responsible for myself, not being responsible for um, just taking care of other people's affairs.
0: Right. I get you. I get you.
1: So I come to work on time because I want to be a person who's punctual, not because my boss asked me to. Nice. I, I want to do a, a good haircut because that's who I want to be. So that's that um, idea of the idea of responsibility is, is who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to become? Mm-hmm. So I only realized that when I... But I only fully realized that because Lex is that kind of person, he's responsible. He, he doesn't just take care of, takes care of himself, he takes care of the people who work with him. But mm-hmm. only when I, I started doing my own shop that I fully realized that I've got no one else to cover my ass anymore. Wow, right. You know what I mean? Like If I lumber, Lex is not gonna cover my ass. I have to answer to the client myself. Like, why am I late? So that's when I realized by being irresponsible, I have a price to pay. And that goes whether you work with someone else or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, a couple of things I learned from you today, you know, identifying what you want to do is crucial because imagine yourself just being in journalism right now and hating every part of it, dreading to go to work and all. And it comes to a point where it just gets real toxic. So I think really identifying what you want to do is crucial, you know, in really discovering the next phase of your life. Um, One thing I catch from you as well is learning how to be observant. I think when you were at the guitar store, you know, you knew that you were transitioning, but you were observant. You were like, okay, you know what? I think let's try. Let's see where can this go to. And I think that was like an, an ignition key for your life. You know, another thing that I realized also from you is, man, the discipline that you carry in your life, it's like the next level. Because no one is going to push you anymore. And that, of course, leads to the responsibility of all these things that you carry in your life. And you're not just doing it for others. You're most importantly doing it for yourself first, you know? Because if you yourself are not disciplined with yourself, like, oh my gosh, what is is your life, man? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think one thing that I I really like what you say is that self-excellence you know, it's it's more than just looking forward to what you said just now, someone to cover your ass if you are mm. going to come late and all. But it's providing that quality and that service. And I think over the years, um, seeing your brand all over social media, you know, friends of friends, people who have visited your shop, you know, I'm just really proud, bro, to see how you have been such a consistent, um, light And of course, a positive reinforcement of what responsibility is, you know, because I think a lot of people who come and go, you know, like you could have, your shop could have tap out during the lockdown, you know, Mm, tap out mm. meaning for for the listeners, like closed down, you know, but you hustled through. And I think there's a level of excellence there. So bro, really, man, I'm just amazed at your story.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like credit goes to my entire team as well to just like. Really definitely leader. right. Yeah. And of course, I mean that's the thing of excellence and discipline is always a work in progress. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't say like I have it all, but it's definitely just learning, you know, just having this conversation or or even talking to, to my team, like how am I doing as a leader? Am I being a I being a good boss? Wow. What is it that what is it that my week So every evaluation that I do with my team, I ask them to hey, hear the thing, like how do you feel at work? Um, these are things I feel you're good at, these are things I feel you're weak at. Then I'll in turn ask them, okay, what do you think I'm weak at? Uh, What what are the things you think I'm good at? So it's just really um, learning from each other. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And like, you know, you were talking about the part of like building a business is like that hype, that, that excitement about doing a business. I think it's, like it, it, it should be exciting. You should be passionate about it. It should um, cause you to wake up in the morning and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it it has, uh, I, I guess for me, it was a lot more like as simple as I want people to be happy with my service. That's all. Wow. So so, if, I, if people are happy with my haircuts and they like coming to my place, then I would do, I would reverse engineer that and do everything that would lead up to that. So meaning of course like all the basic stuff like being on time blah 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 but also just being excellent at what you do so it wasn't so much about hey I'm a business owner you know like you know like hey uh, I own this business it's great you know and it was just about making that one customer happy and the next guy that comes in I just want to make him super happy the third guy that comes in I just want to make him super happy and if I can focus on doing all that but at the end of the month I would make like a couple hundred customers happy, and you tell another two hundred customers, Whoa. and you know what I mean. So yeah. it, I, I felt like I I had the pressure, like we were talking about responsibility. I had the responsibility as a service provider, or rather as a barber, to just make customers happy. That's it. That's it's as simple as that. It's like I gotta make sure my shop is clean, so when people look at my shop, it's 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 clean. Not so much like a hey, like my business has to be reputable. You know, mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. I so, get what you mean. Yeah. Of course, like I'm not like, uh, my, my, my business doesn't cost a, mil- uh, a billion or a million in terms of like my net worth or whatnot, but like, that was kind of like how I felt like I progressed. La. It helped yeah. me. Mm.
0: Bro, bro. I, man, that is so good because now I'm catching your value, man. It's about others. At the end of the day, if I make your life, if I put a smile on your face, you know, and, and haircut is something that is powerful, you know, I, I, I that, that machine on your head is like a little massage and all, and the way you do it, you know, getting a good shave, you know, and when we visit you as well, we get a cold towel, we get a hot towel as well. I think the whole experience, and I think that value you have, bro, I think that's why you are where you are at today. And so I think, man, this is something that is really beautiful. And bro, I learned something from you today, man. That at the end of it, if whatever that I'm doing, if I could make someone happy, if I could really improve the value of that person's life, just one person, make them feel happy and all. And you're going way more than service, man. You are really improving the quality of someone's life, bro. Gosh, man, that is something amazing. Thanks, bro, for being on this episode. I... I really appreciate your time and all. You can check out Kevin Tan on his IG. He is there. Um, His barbershop is called The Oven Cuttery. Also on IG. Um, His products called Mantega, Man, for all the guys out there and girls, if you want to style your hair. Um, But once again, thanks, Kottie, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Soul Food is part of a community and we believe that connections matter. Follow us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia or mine at Daniel Quillen and we would love to connect with you. Send us a DM if you've got any questions. Thank you for listening and do share this podcast with your friends.